Hello and welcome to Applies Job Bytes. We're a podcast that covers jobs, job searching, the job application process, career growth and development, and almost everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Apply.io, the free browser extension that helps you apply to jobs with a single click and writes really good cover letters for you using AI. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Applies Job Bytes. Here with us on the show today is Kerry Harris. Uh, Kerry is a certified career coach, senior recruiter at AWS, and has done a lot of recruitment. Uh, Kerry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I see, Kerry, that you've you've worn a lot of hats, and um, and you've done some really interesting things in your own career, all the way from doing roles involving statistics, uh, sales, and you've operated as a technology consultant at, at Accenture. You've had a pretty fascinating career path. And one of the things that we've been talking about on the show is, especially now more than ever, how important cross-transferable skills are. So I'd love to have your perspective on what are some of the most important cross-transferable skills that you've built up in your career over the years. Yeah, no, it's very important that I've learned over the years to have those good relationships with people. That's what helped me pivot in my career so many different times. It's the amount of effort that I put into whatever role that I did, whether I went above and beyond on certain tasks, and then the relationships that I built, you know, always being respectful, whether it's the janitor all the way up to the CEO, because you never know who can be the next person to help you transition into your next job. And then I always made sure whatever role I had, I try to get my hands into skills that I knew would be transferable in the future. So I focused on being at least one skill deep in whatever role I was in, but I made sure I was general and everything else that I can get my hands dirty. So that's that's been the key for me. Like I said, building those relationships and making sure I get outside my comfort zone. And presumably people who followed a similar approach are going to find themselves with probably more optionality or maneuverability with regards to their careers. Yes, And that's the big thing. I know nowadays, especially with COVID and many being laid off and trying to figure out where they can pivot. What I tell people all the time, we're all built with multiple gifts, but sometimes when we've been at a job for so long, we forget what we're capable of. And so this is a good time for reflection. I I know it can be tough losing your job if you have to support your family, but looking at it on the flip side, you know, is that job that you had for all those years, something that you're passionate about? Were you happy in this role? And could this be a good time for you to start looking at your true strengths and where you can apply those and, and pivot yourself? Right. And so for, for the job seekers that at this stage are, are unfortunately out of work and they've been unsuccessfully just kind of reapplying for, for similar roles, what does a kind of a, a successful, uh, or, or what does looking at your cross-transferable skills and doing that assessment what does that really look like in, in practical terms so that they can start considering maybe other, other avenues? Like where should someone start? So funny that you say that. I have an exercise that I make every client go through that I speak to. Um, and I actually put a toolkit on my website that you can download for free for anyone looking for work. But the first step is to go out and look for job descriptions. Start typing into job searches. You can look on Google, you can look on Indeed wherever you choose and just look for job descriptions and start reading what is required of that person and if that's something you want to do. And little by little, start pulling out pieces from the basic qualifications and what they're asking for and see if you have the skills to do that because then you can craft your resume in a different way. You know, sometimes I have people that are project managers 
and they'll get stuck in just the project management title and that's all they apply for. But being a project manager, you deal with people, you deal with budgets, you deal with finances. There's so many different skills where you can transfer that. Even I came from a project management background and after dealing with so many people across projects, that's how I got into staffing because I was staffing projects anyways. And then I learned to love it. I was good at it. I worked my way up, became a manager, became a director. And I noticed it was a skill I would have never applied for if I would have stuck into that project management hat. So looking at those job descriptions with the keywords that you're excited about, so you can start pulling different titles and then, you know, transitioning your resume, having more than one resume that you can apply for different jobs with, because that's another mistake I see. I see people that are maybe project managers or business analysts, you're applying for developer roles, but you don't have it on your resume. Mm -hmm. So making sure that's reflected as well. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, that sounds awesome and super helpful to our listeners. So we'd love to link to your tool in the podcast description. One thing that strikes me as well is that by the time people are experienced, they might have five or 10 years of career experience, and there's all kinds of things that they've probably tried, tried their their hand at. And there's a lot of sort of rules or guidance out there saying you should try to keep your CV relatively short and punchy. So it would strike me that you probably have an opportunity actually in making sure that if you want to stay to a shorter format, you can on a per job basis include just more relevant content. Like you don't have to tell this employer everything that you've done, but you choose the more relevant stuff. Exactly. And that is important. I will bust one myth out there is that your resume does not have to be one page if you have the experience to validate it. But two to three pages should be enough. If you go into four pages, maybe you might have appendix or like publishings, but unless you're applying for a job that's looking for that, hmm. like you said, you don't need unnecessary information. And if you're in like the marketing field or any type of field where you can add links to a portfolio online, Keep your resume one page and then let your work do the talking. Otherwise, you know, limit your resume to two or three pages. And another key thing to keep in mind is make it impactful. If what you're putting on your resume doesn't have an impact, it really doesn't matter. And it's not going to catch the reader. So make, make sure that, you know, you kind of treat it as like this competition for this space and everything that you include in there kind of has to, has to have its own reason for being in there. Yes, correct. Now, one of the things that is also commonly advised to job seekers is to think about quantifying your accomplishments, right? And making sure that when you describe what you've done has specifics attached to it, like instead of saying, I've called customers, you would say, oh, I was able to call 200 customers and convert X amount to generate Y in results, something along those lines. Um, there's many people out there that are working currently in organizations where that's not a done practice. Those, those are maybe uh, poorly run organizations or they just haven't you know, broken people's roles down into having quantifiable targets. And then they find themselves applying to organizations which do look at that kind of thing. I think Amazon is famously one of those, right? It's very sort of like, okay, well, let's make sure that we measure what we do and we learn from that. So if someone is currently working somewhere where these things aren't being measured, should they take it upon themselves to just keep track of that or maybe even ask their manager for targets or something along those lines? Yes. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. No matter what job you're in, whether your job requires it or not, you should make it a personal goal to have data. 
because it lets you know your own personal progress. And then when it's time for promotion, because everyone wants more money, everyone wants promotion. And so when it's time, you have to bring that data to the forefront. So um, for example, with me, I was recently promoted. So though I do the certified career coaching as one separate business, I also work full time for an organization. And I was promoted, ex uh, expedited my promotion by eight months. And it's because of the data that I was able to bring to the table to show to be considered even though I haven't hit the 10 year limit to qualify. And so I bought things like, this is how many projects I've done. This is how many trainings I've conducted. And then going back to impact, this is how I impacted the business. This is how I influenced the business. This is how many labor hours I saved or how much money I saved in the business. And being able to quantify my experience, you know, sometimes even your manager doesn't realize it because you're not the only person they're managing. So you want to be able to bring this data to them, but also even for yourself so you can measure, okay, this is what I did last year. What am I doing this year to set myself up for success and to differentiate myself from the rest of the competition? So keeping a internal personal log might help you with, oh, it might not just help you with your, your future job search. It might help you with an internal promotion. Correct. Yes. And there's different ways you can do that. I know for myself, I even kept a folder in my Outlook and I call it, oh yeah, <laughs> but it's my happy folders. Anytime I get any compliments or some kudos or a pat on the back, I throw those things in that folder and I can always go back and reference it, look at it, reach out to that person. So this goes back to relationships. You know, if someone gave me good kudos, I'm going to keep that person as a relationship because they can speak on my behalf later. But it's, it's always important to keep those notes. You can also store those notes in OneNote. I know everyone has uh, OneNote on their computer if you have 365, but sometimes I'll just throw email attachments in there or different projects that I've done. So it's all consolidated in one area and I can access it whenever I need to. I love that it's called the, the OER folder. I think that just, it just introduces the simplest, smallest amount of gamification to it. Yeah. Okay, so you allude to the importance of, uh, obviously, we're, we're now tracking kind of a measuring success. And, um, and if you gather sort of like almost a written testimonial, you know, that's, that's super valuable. One of the skills that I've been discussing on the show that has kind of had its potency increased during the times of COVID and remote working is writing. Is it fair to say that if there was ever a time to work on your writing, that that time is now? Again, it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I've been getting so many requests in my inbox for writing roles. And there are so many roles available for it that it doesn't matter what industry you came from, as long as you can articulate and you know have good verbal skills on paper. Yes, writing is something that you can get your foot in the door and it's the type of work that can be done remotely. Um, and when I mention writing, I mean from resume writing to content for people's websites and, and marketing, just all types of writing, technical writing, obviously because a lot of people are out of work, a lot of these companies and firms, they're hiring for resume writers to help with outplacement services and other people that are out of work and they're willing to hire people as long as you know how to write. So yes, it, it is a, a critical skill to have and it goes back even to your own resume. If you are applying for those types of jobs, make sure your resume is, is written well as well, because that is a reflection of what kind of writing you can do. So that is looked at by recruiters. And, and going back to our earlier discussion, what people may not realize is that having a super long CV 
whilst it might be actually written perfectly well in terms of grammar and punctuation, the rest might actually also be an, an issue in that you can't concisely express your point. Correct. And that's so interesting that you say that because when you think of managers, as you reach a certain level, they receive information consolidated. Hmm. And so that's who's reading your resume is the manager. So if you can't get to your point quickly and make it impactful and know how to structure that, you can be overlooked because you're not the only one competing for a job and it's millions more out of work than it was years ago. So your competition, if they can get to the point quickly and attract the reader's attention, then they're going to have a better shot at that role, even if you did have better skills because of a long resume. Right. And and I mean, it's, I mean, you can also, what I experienced that you can kind of have like a good writing day or a bad writing day. And a couple of days back, I, I, was, I was doing a lot of emails and I recognized that I was clearly having a bad writing day because I was taking like paragraphs to get like a simple point across. And so what I started doing was just reading and saying, is that word necessary? And, and then just like hacking mm -hmm. through and just trimming stuff out that wasn't even like, it, just, it didn't add value. It was just fluff. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because an important thing that you did, you wrote it and you took a step back and you reread it before you finished it. And that's something good to practice as well. When you write something, don't just submit it as is, you know, sleep on it, take a few hours, go back to it and say, does that really make sense? Do I need that? Does that align? And, and, you know, edit it a few times. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it can be uncomfortable to self-critique, but I find it's such a valuable, such a valuable thing to do, isn't it? To like reflect on your own work. And if it looks kind of, if you're not happy with it, then that discomfort's maybe that's actually a good feeling, right? That you, you want it to be better and you're going to take some action on it. Yep. And, and speaking of that, another exercise I always have my clients go through, especially those who are out of work. You know, it can be, you can get down on yourself and you forget the skills you brought to the table being at the same company for so long. So I tell them, I said, go look at your resume from the bottom at your very first job and work your way up. And I want you to sit back and realize that you're that person. You did that. These are your skills. This is what you're capable of. You have everything you need to accomplish what you want to get that next job. And it's such a great confidence uh, booster to be reminded that you have those skills and you are capable. Carrie, it's been amazing having you on the show. So many great and helpful takeaways for our listeners. We're going to be uh, linking your site and the tool that you mentioned in the podcast description and really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. The first thing that I'm going to go and do now is create my oh yeah folder. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Thanks, Carrie. You're welcome. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Likewise. And uh, to all of our listeners, we'll catch you on the next episode of Applies Job Bites. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. For any feedback, requests, or suggestions of things that we should include on upcoming shows, please drop us a line at contact at apply.io. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, I'm the never write a cover letter again.